a listener production. This podcast was created in partnership with Fantastic Furniture. Hi, I'm renovation expert Cherie Barber and this is Transform Your Home. In this last episode of Transform Your Home, we're possibly up to the most important element of interior design, your styling. In many ways, this last episode pulls together all the topics we've spoken about previously. Things like getting your colour scheme right, logical layouts for your room, how all the theory of interior design comes into play when you're doing your best to pull a look together for a room or your whole home. Your styling and where you place all your furnishings is really going to decide how people move through your home, where they look as they move from room to room, and the first thing they focus on as they enter a room. Those things are controlled by you and what you choose to put in your space. This is what really fills your home with all the colour, the texture, the movement that brings your home to life. So where do you start? Well, Most stylists start with the biggest room in your home, which is usually your living lounge area. Then work the rest of the rooms in your home around that. Your living area communicates the look of your whole home. It's the room where you're going to be spending the most amount of time. So the styling here should really set the stage for how the rest of your home will look. These days, your lounge living area will often be part of a bigger open plan layout. So if this is the case for you, you will really need to think about how you're going to carve up those spaces into distinct zones using furnishings. The size and layout of this room will dictate the best place for your furniture. In this room, the key is not to create the feeling of barriers within a room. You want to give people easy direct access from A to B, not to have people walk around things in a non-practical way. You want to create that easy natural flow by having your furniture in the right spots. Now, I know you're going to be saying, where's the best place to start to style my living area? Well, you'll be happy to know you should start by looking at the longest wall in that room first. It would be either a sofa, could be something like a sideboard or a TV cabinet. You want to get that biggest piece of furniture on that longest wall first so you can get the scale of your room right so everything feels balanced. Once you've added your sofa in, you normally then continue on with the rest of your seating area. It could be another sofa if your room's big enough, or if you've got a smaller room, it could be some single armchairs. From there, you then progress to add a second layer of furnishings, which will be things like your rug, your coffee table, and your side tables. This is very much a process of layering. Then your third layer of styling items comes in, and that'll be called your accent furnishings which are items such as your artworks, lamps, cushions, vases, candles, indoor plants, books, or your little ornaments and knickknacks. And those are the things you have a lot more flexibility with and you can easily change down the track. So it's important you know that interior stylists do style rooms in that logical three-tiered order that I've just covered. In fact, this very process is what you repeat in every single room. The theory doesn't change. The big furniture pieces in first, the medium-sized stuff in second, and all the little pieces last. Okay, here are my top 10 tips you might find handy for styling your living lounge areas. Number one, for your sofa, try and avoid fabrics that are highly patterned or just too visually busy. 
It's so much easier styling-wise to choose a solid block colour instead for your sofa and then introduce patterns and pops of colours through your accent furnishings such as your throw rugs and your cushions. Number two, please do not push your sofa right up against your walls. So many people do this. It's a big styling mistake. Even in a small room, just pulling your sofa 10 to 15 centimetres off your walls will create a little bit of breathing space around your furniture that will, by default, actually make your room seem bigger. It's just an illusion. Call it smoke and mirror sort of stuff, but it actually works. Number three, a living room is normally where your TV is. But the big question is, do you really want it to take centre stage? No way. Some people make their lounge living area a shrine to their gigantic 80-inch TV screen. Sure, it's great for watching telly, but it's not great for interior design. So you'll need to work out what's important to you, entertainment or looks. Maybe consider a smaller size telly instead and be sure all those trailing electrical cables are neatly concealed. If you're trying to disguise your TV, a really clever trick is to hang it on a wall that's been painted in a darker paint colour. Your TV won't be as visually obvious anymore. It'll disappear into the wall, so to speak. Number four, work out what the focal point in your living lounge room actually is. What's the first thing you want people to see when they enter that room? Is it that beautiful view out to the garden, a fancy fireplace, a big artwork on the wall maybe? Hopefully it's not that big 80-inch telly. You've got to place your furniture so people's attention is strategically directed to the focal point you want people to naturally see first. So in every room, it's one of the things to work out first when you're pulling your styling together, your line of sight. Number five, in a living room, you will need to pay attention to how much seating you'll need. If you have a smaller room, a sofa and two separate armchairs always works better than trying to cram two sofas into a small space. Number six, your seating in your living room is basically your conversation pit. So when it comes to placing your furniture in this room, make sure your chairs and sofas are close enough that you can talk at normal levels. You'd be amazed at how wrong people get the spacing of their furniture. Number seven, if you do have that big open plan layout where you've got an open plan kitchen, dining and lounge room all in the one large room, an oversized rug that sits under your sofa, coffee table and other seating will draw your eye wider and make your living area appear larger. Again, a rug under your dining table should be large enough so that when somebody pulls their chair out, the chair is still on the rug. You don't want to be in a situation where the chair is half on the floor and half on your rug. That's a big interior design, boo-boo. Number eight, you're going to love this one. If you want to create the illusion of space in your lounge living area, Select a sofa with raised legs on it, not a sofa close to the ground with no legs. Furniture like a glass coffee table, dining chairs with open backs or no backs, create visual airspace around your room, making your rooms feel visually lighter. So furniture that is floating or see-through can be really great for small spaces. Number nine, this might be common sense, but I need to say it. Make sure your coffee table is either big enough or close enough to the seating that people can reach out and put things like their coffee mug naturally on it. If you have to get up off your seat and walk over to your coffee table, guys, it's too far away. Last but not least, number 10, make sure you include a side table or two. Not only are they super practical, but they can help to visually link all your seating together. They provide a super convenient spot to rest your cuppa, 
You can put table lamps on them for mood lighting or reading. They're also a prime spot to style with objects that help you personalize your space. So before we leave your lounge room and your living areas, I really do want to stress again, remember, your furniture and your larger pieces are your neutral or your block colors. Your accent furnishings like your artwork, cushions, all those accessories are where you introduce pattern, but you don't want too much pattern or your space will feel busy and cluttered. Look to other colors in the room, like the color of your curtains or your carpet to get your color hints. You really don't want more than three colors at play in any room. If your curtains are deep green, then think about introducing a couple of deep green cushions on your lounge or maybe even a botanical print, for example. Play around with colors, prints, patterns and different shapes, sizes and textures until your room feels right. Coming up, we're going to be talking about artworks and vignettes. Now, right now, you may not even know what a vignette is, but it's a highly powerful thing you can do to make your rooms look completely finished from an interior styling perspective. Now, let's talk about artwork for a minute because it can be a real cornerstone of your styling. It's what's going to help anchor your room and maybe even be the focal point. One large piece can make a big statement and work perfectly on the scale of your walls. But you could get the same effect by using four smaller pieces in a grid pattern, for example, or even six. They can still give that impression of one large piece of art. And you can accentuate the length of a room by using three or more artworks in a row. If you're placing artwork in any of those open plan rooms, just be sure that your living room art and your dining room art are a similar style and colour. The last thing you want is clashing styles in that big open space. How and where your art is placed on a wall is one of the tricks interior designers and stylists use to hold your attention or lead your eye this way or that way when entering a room. So for example, if you had a really long rectangular shaped room, it'd be a big mistake to put one big artwork right in the centre of that long wall. The room would feel unbalanced. What I would do is stick a series of artworks of smaller size all in a row to lead your eye backwards and forwards across the room. Now let's move on to vignettes because they're absolutely critical to your room design. Every room needs some decorations interesting things to look at. And in the styling world, these are called vignettes, which is a small picture or still life formed by grouping several objects together that really pulls together a room visually. In other words, it's a little put together scene that tells a story about you and your home. A room without vignettes has no story. So for example, let's say you've got a beautiful fireplace in your lounge room. If you had no accessories on it, it'd look pretty boring. So instead of having a boring space, you might have a framed photograph. You could have a little candle next to it and maybe a tall vase next to that. That's called a vignette and anyone can do vignettes. Now here's a few tips on pulling together vignettes. They're dead easy. Number one, don't put too many things in your vignette. In fact, interior stylists say always choose an odd number of items to go in your vignette. No more than five maximum, but the favoured best number for interior stylists is only three ornaments in your vignette. And if you can, 
try and choose your ornaments in your vignette that play on other colours in the room. So for example, if you had a large artwork on your wall and it had lots of baby pink in it, I would put a little vase or a little baby pink candle in that vignette that ties it to other elements in your room. Number two, keep in mind that a vignette should look like the capital letter A. This means that you have ornaments of varying heights in that vignette. You might have a tall vase, which would be the top of the A. You might have a candle, which would be the mid-height of the A. And then you might have something like a little trinket that's the base of the A. So varying heights of your ornaments works best for vignettes. What you don't want to do is have three items exactly the same height in your vignette. It'll look unbalanced and just plain old weird. Number three, create depth when you're assembling your objects. You don't want all your little ornaments lined up rigidly like a line of ducks. You want to scatter their position so you might have a tall bars push towards the back, you might have your candle brought a little bit forward than that and a little trinket more forward than that again. So the idea is to create that depth by scattering the objects, but still being grouped together. Number four, build your vignettes around a light source. So in a sunny corner, around a table lamp or under a floor lamp. Otherwise, these little ornaments can get lost in darkness. Remember, vignettes are just meant to be little highlights in your room. Think of them like a support crew to a main movie. Now, if you're still unclear what a vignette is, what I really love you to do is just open any home design magazine and just have a look at rooms that have been professionally styled by interior stylists. You will start to see their little vignettes all around the room. You'll see those varying heights, how they're not perfectly lined up too rigidly. They're scattered, but they're grouped together. Once you start looking at these pictures, you're going to be able to pull vignettes together like a seasoned pro. The next part I'd love to talk to you about is lighting. It's such an important part of your interior design, like so many elements we've already discussed. You know, when you walk into a fish and chip shop or your local 7-Eleven and you feel like you're under the spotlights at a football stadium, but then you walk into a slinky bar and immediately you feel at home, you sink into one of the booths at the bar with your partner or friends. Well, that's the power of lighting. It can be a real mood killer or it can ignite the spark. And in your home, you have the potential to create the same effects through the power of lighting. But you need a mix of lighting. Basically, there are three tiers of lighting that designers use in any room. The first one is called general lighting. This illuminates your rooms, especially in an open plan layout where it has unifying effects and it pulls the whole room together. General lighting lets you walk around a space and you can easily see what you're doing. For example, LED downlights are great options these days for lighting. They illuminate your rooms so you can see everything. The next tier is called task lighting. And these are lights where you need specific areas to be lit up for important tasks to be done. Things like bench lighting under your kitchen wall cabinets so you don't have to torch up to chop up your onions. Pendant lighting over your kitchen island bench or pendant lighting over your dining room table so you can see what you're eating. Reading lights where you've got comfy seating, that's task lighting. The final tier of lighting is called accent lighting. These are the pockets of warm light that give your home warmth and atmosphere. Wall sconces, table lamps, tall floor lamps, 
Even candles are considered accent lighting. Think of these like your mood lighting. And it's this mix of lighting that you want in every single room of your home. So for example, let's say a master bedroom. Your general lighting would be maybe one or two down lights on your ceiling. Task lighting would be maybe one or two bedside table lamps either side of your bed. Your accent lighting could be something as simple as an LED strip at the top or bottom of your wardrobe that gives you that mood, that warmth, that atmosphere in your master bedroom. And talking of bedrooms, let's finish the series up on that point because your bedrooms consume quite a bit of space in most properties. Now, all of the interior design principles that we've already covered still apply in terms of balance, colour, your vignettes, scaling your furnishings to the size of your room, layering. But here are a few great tips on styling your bedrooms because at the end of the day, your bedrooms still need to strike a good balance between a relaxing place to cocoon in, but you want to have rooms that have a bit of personality. You don't want them to be a total sleep chamber. First and foremost, your bed needs to be orientated the right way in the room. So ideally, when you enter your bedroom, you see your bed straight on, not your bed side on. Number two, your bed head and the wall behind your bed head should always be the focal point of your bedrooms. So think about a painted feature wall. It could be a beautiful wallpapered wall. Maybe you can do an upholstered bed head or a big artwork above your bed or even something like VJ panelling, you know, that tongue and groove panelling that you can just anchor to your wall. Whatever you do, that wall behind your bed has to be the focal point. Number three, when it comes to your bedside tables and your bedside table lamps, make sure they're matching. Then you can get busy experimenting with your vignettes, remembering the power of three. Number four, try and work your floor plan so you can easily manoeuvre around your room. For example, you don't want to be pushing your bed up against a wall where you've got to climb over your bed to go and open your window for natural air into the room. If you can get the furniture layout right of everything, it'll make your room flow a lot better. Number five, if you're lucky enough to have space in your bedroom, a plush armchair in the corner of the room always looks nice. Not only is it a practical place to sit, but it's also a great place to throw all your clothes when we all know we shouldn't be throwing our clothes there. Number six, a big mirror propped up against a wall will not only be super practical for your room, but what it does is make your room feel larger because mirrors bounce light around a room, giving the appearance that the rooms are larger than what they physically are. Number seven, good storage is imperative in any bedroom. You don't want this room drowned in clutter. If you've got a smaller bedroom, don't install solid block wardrobe doors. You'd be much better installing mirrored wardrobe doors because like we've spoken about previously, mirrors bounce light around your room that make small bedrooms feel larger. Number eight, add some greenery. This is coming back to that connection to nature and it's really applicable if you don't have naturally a nice green space to look at onto can be done very easily. Just adding one or two pot plants will make a huge difference to your bedroom. Last but not least, go to town with your bed styling. You want your bed styling to feel as luxe and as indulgent as you can possibly afford. And this is really where your layering comes down to a fine art. You start with your sheets first, then comes your quilt with the pillow end turned over. 
Then keep layering a bed throw at the end of your bed. Use pillows and cushions with different colours and textures in the fabrics that you choose. Just like the throws and cushions on your sofa, you can experiment as much or as little as you like until you get it right. Don't be afraid to go with bold colours and patterns that will really make your bed pop. Remember, your bed is the star of your show in any bedroom. Okay, so that's it for this series of Transform Your Home. I really do hope that you've learned enough tricks of the trade to realise that beautiful interiors don't happen by accident. They're actually carefully curated rooms that are just designed to look like they've been thrown together. Isn't that ironic? So now that you have the basic knowledge on how to master plan and style your own home, it's actually time for you to put all that knowledge into action. You'll hopefully end up with a space that you love coming home to every single day. And that's what everybody needs. If you can create those spaces you love, you'll never want to leave them. Transform Your Home was created in partnership with Fantastic Furniture. Written and presented by me, Cherie Barber. Producer, Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, simply search Transform Your Home podcast. Listener.